0: This is Elsia.
1: Pronounced local.
0: Or living a creative life.
1: I'm Rawat Majdi.
0: And I'm
1: We're creatives talking to creatives about what it means to be a creative.
0: So get ready for some delicious conversations and awesome takeaways so that you can maximize your own creative life.
1: Today, we have Ali Bluesman Sleek, uh, self proclaimed messenger of the blues for the Middle East for 20 years. Welcome, Ali. We are really excited to have you here.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, this is, I think, uh, the second podcast I've been on recently. I oh, really? Was, uh, I was on. Um, you know, Abdul Aziz, Teddy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on his, uh, except that was in Arabic, so that took me by surprise. <laughs> but uh, we, we made it somehow. Yeah, he's doing yeah. an amazing job. He's doing an amazing <laughs> yeah. job, yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was very fun. Shout out to Teddy and uh, tariq Askar. Yeah, yeah. yeah they are doing Urban great. Kuwait. Yeah, Urban Kuwait.
0: Urban Teddy jams, right? Yes, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of them were really helpful for um, Kuwait poet Society at the start, like... Yeah. Uh, uh Tarek was uh, helping us out by taking videos of the performances. He did an amazing job with that. And then Aziz um, gave us the space at ACK. So both of them, they're they're doing an amazing job across Kuwait. Honestly.
0: And he's a really, really good photographer. Both yes. of them, actually. Yeah, they're really yeah. hard workers. And yeah, yeah.
2: Respect, uh, respect their support of the art. yeah. Hustlers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I've known Tarek for like, since I was a kid. He was, oh. we, were, we were in the same school together. Okay. Oh, wow. cool. He's mm-hmm. my He's my homie. Oh, that's cool.
1: Well, Ali, um, we're really excited to have you. We'd love to hear more about what you do. Um, from what I know, you're known as the blues man. That's who you are. You're the guy who's just in love with the blues. Like, how did you get into that kind of thing?
2: Um, it's not just I love the blues. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with it um, to the point that it's become maybe it, it clinically abusive, self-abusive. But <laughs> wow. um, here's the thing i i was raised in kuwait right um so i had no access to live music Uh, although i did listen to a lot of music and and you might be surprised but actually i was raised with hip-hop i was really into hip-hop and uh, if you guys remember back before 2000 like we're talking early 90s um it was all about tupac notorious big it was like that that was what was musically speaking, that was what it's all about. So either in middle school and high school, you were either into hip hop or you were into Nirvana True. back in the day. It was not, you didn't have any other choice growing up. So I was on the hip hop side of things. And I keep telling people until today, like I was raised by the Wu-Tang clan, actually. <laughs> like I consider them partially uh, responsible for a lot of the things I've, uh, I've, philosophically speaking, or what I've kept ingrained in my mind. However, when I went to Lebanon to university, which was in the year 2000, um, I went to my first real concert. And I mean concert not like I went to see a big major international band. No, I, mean, I meant like in a local band in a bar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was something very casual, something very day-to-day. So when I went and I saw these bands play and the, the, the vibe and everyone chilling, you know, and... Uh, So I felt like this is something I I would really like to do, and um, so I went back to when I took my first vacation back to Kuwait uh, in the summer. uh, I went and picked up a bass guitar because I remember one of my friends he was telling me I actually see you like in the background because you're a very chill guy. I see you standing in the background of the band just like just chilling playing the bass. So I took that to to mind. And I actually, that's how I started. I picked up the bass guitar and for about two years I did nothing but practice at home. Uh, I did not have a t- teacher. I did not go to a class. I just, I was self-taught. And again, uh, now I tell people it's preferable that you start with a teacher because it will cut down your time. Like it could have taken me six months to reach a, a particular point where I can play in a band as opposed to two years. But well, I was taking my time and all of that. Then I started playing with the music uh, club in the in college. And then here's what happened. When you start learning music, um, you first, you, you know, you have to do all the chords, the, how to hold the guitar. What is this? What is that? All these, the thing that I hate the most, which is the, the, the practice part. I hate practicing. I hate the sitting, getting started part. Oh, you want to play guitar? Great, but you have to do this boring stuff first. Play chromatic uh, notes, yeah. go up, play open, whatever. All of that. Know what's what is a, what is b. What are the names? What are what are scales? All that boring stuff that no one wants to learn.
1: Yeah, you're right. It is it is really painful at and the beginning. I, and creative and to
2: like, I've tried to teach uh, guitar and bass, and I never got people to go past the second class, the oh, second wow. lesson, because they're like, oh, I don't get to play like Jimi Hendrix right away. I need to do this for like a couple of months every day. And you're like, you know what? I don't need this. So is it I will concede. I don't like this part. I don't like practicing. It's very boring. I but it's part of the whole but growth process. You have process. to go through it. You have to go through it. Because it's part of you know learning your instrument and to be able to be put in a situation like in a band where if someone tells you, oh, what chord is that, what key is that, what scale, you can't just sit there. And I will get to that. There's a funny story about this. Anyhow, so when you're practicing, you get to your first music genre. You get to, all right, we're gonna play a song now, which is the first. Usually, they teach you the 12-bar blues. This is the first thing you're gonna learn to play with as a as a whole band, as a with a backup um, uh, backup band and everything, or backup track. So I'm like, the blues. Okay, this sounds pretty cool. Sounds like rock and roll a little bit, and we all know that rock and roll came from the blues. So it did sound familiar, but I didn't know much about it. So then I'm like, let me explore this genre a little more in detail. So I learned who Muddy Waters was and I learned the history of it and who's Albert King and who's John Lee Hooker and all these guys. And eventually I became the biggest uh, collector of blues music CDs and vinyls and magazines in the Middle East, as far as I'm aware. Um, And then... All I wanted to do was play the blues. I didn't want to do anything else. Uh, I taught myself how to play guitar just so I can write blues music and not just on the bass, but to be, you know, to be alone. <clears throat> I When I went back to Kuwait, I started the first ever blues band in Kuwait. It was called the Modulators Blues Band, which uh, lasted a couple of years until the drummer went back, uh, had to leave the country. And once they left, uh, it kind of fell out and then I became my own solo artist. And I'm a member of the Blues Music uh, Foundation in uh, Tennessee. And I'm a contributing member to the National Blues Museum also in Tennessee. So, um, yeah, for me, it became not just, uh, oh, I like I just like blues, but I listen to all these other genres and I i am an all around thing. No, I'm the blues guy. This is all I do. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've learned all the history and who's who and who's what. And I follow up and I, had a, I still have a blues blog, which I blog. Not as regularly as I used to. I am. I was just checking it the other day, and in two thousand twelve, I had about five hundred posts in that year, uh, blog posts, um, and I've been rated the the, top, the number eighteen most viewed blues website in the in the world, and this was only a month ago, even with all my inactivity. Yeah. So yeah, for so for me, it's it's more of just a, a passion. It's more of like a calling, if you want to say. Um, like I said, it's it's become it's borderline mania, if not already crossed that threshold. Anyway, <laughs> um, so there have been a lot of Arab and Middle Eastern blues players, but I can guarantee that no one has been doing it on that insane, insane, uh, obsessive level as I have. There has been a couple, like Sergio Bechazi, his Lebanese, he's released a couple of blues albums. There's a lot of... I don't know much about the Middle East much, but I do know, like, from Lebanon, there's a lot of guys like Shady Neshef, and uh, there was like, a couple of bands, like the Monday Blues Band and the Real Deal Blues Band. But these guys, they're just not as passionate as I am. So um, this is my general idea. However, of course, as, a, as an overall musician, I have played other genres with other people. But it's always when it's my turn to play, it's always the blues. Oh. And I... Uh, I don't think I will be changing would it,
0: would it be possible for me to say like that you have experienced all the other genres of blues and maybe like you you performed and you like you tried to play some rock and other stuff. They like you, you tried as much as you can, but the only thing that you actually clicked was the
2: yeah like i said when i started learning i wanted to explore this a little further and i stuck there mostly but i did have to learn how to play other genres of course to be on other bands for opportunities because i have played session i've been a session player for many bands and i've played bass for any other bands as a side uh, as a side uh, side musician a sideliner. so um it's just part of uh, being an overall musician is that if you're put in a situation oh you need to play a uh, a rock song you need to play an arabic song you need to play a reggae you kind of know i might not be the perfect uh, you know i might not know everything about that genre but at least i can pull my pull my weight funk so there are, i had to learn these things those basics am i the best bassist in the world no of course um i i honestly don't even consider myself a bassist at this point i just call myself the blues guy whether i'm playing bass or guitar or i'm just singing so It's a different um, mentality that I've been through recently. Um, And I mean recently in the last like six years. Um, But yeah, um, I've been, obviously, um, it's a very difficult genre to market, especially in the Middle East, where um, generally speaking, again, I'm talking now strictly about Arabic music. And I'm talking Arabic pop music. Arabic pop music is designed to cater to the least common denominator. It's designed to reach the most market, the most mass market appeal. And it has a lot to do with money and has to do with all that stuff. So when I'm playing a genre that has been, and I, mean, I think this was last year, it was considered the least or the second least most listened to genre in the United States. And I'm not talking here, United States. If Believe it or not, even and jazz was considered like, the least listened to genre of music in the United States on radio. Mm -hmm. So I'm already facing a huge uphill battle as it is. Um, Very hard to get gigs, very hard to get um, people to listen, uh, very hard to get people to get involved in it. However, whenever I do play a a show that's like a big show, like for example, um, a couple of months back, I performed in Shalat and it was a free gig under... uh, Noor Qawas is not necessarily famous. She was the organizer of that show. And it was a free gig who had a couple hundred people there. And then the response was highly overwhelming to the point that I had kids coming up and saying, Whoa, this is really cool. And people are like, I've never heard this before. And I always have a story to tell, not just within the music, but even before I start singing, I always say, by the way, this song is from 1960 something, it was the Arthur. What is he talking about?
1: I find it really interesting, Ali, that despite all this pushback and despite the fact that the blues is not even just here but in the States has become one of the least listened to kind of genres that you've continued on um, with the passion or the mania as you describe it and also continued becoming better and better at what you do. What do you think fuels that besides, you know, the obsession? But what fuels the fact that you've gotten people say, this isn't interesting or I don't want to hear this. um, You've still kept on.
2: Uh, again, it's like, um, I, I I wouldn't say I owed it to myself, but I, I although um, I play mu- I've i been playing music for a long time, it's not my main source of income. It is not my full-time job, as much as I would love it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, still pending the opportunities to be a full-time musician. However, um, when I've carved myself the niche, to the point that, like I said, everyone knows that this is what Ali does. And I feel very proud of my, what I've my, I've accomplished because it does not. It's very difficult in this day and age to carve yourself a certain uh, piece of the pie for yourself. Um, I wanted not to be a general musician because there's a lot of general, and then nothing, and of course I'm not putting anyone down. It's just a choice. But I chose this path particularly, and I stuck to it, and I just I've I've become to a point that I cannot stop it. I don't want to stop it. I have my message I feel has not been uh, been listened to enough. It's not reached the potential it has. So I still feel I have a lot more space. I always tell people, I I, I started playing music. I reached that point where you start playing blues and I never jumped back anywhere else. I stayed there. Mm-hmm. And I decided this is where I want to be and this is where I feel most at home and most comfortable. So uh, as much as people might give me comments and, and positive and negative criticism, but I believe part of being in this creative zone since we talk about being creative, you should do what you want to do because when you start catering to what other people want, the message becomes diluted because if you want what other people want, well there's a lot of people who've already done the same. Yeah. That's why when you say when you hear pop music, or you hear like techno music. Everyone's uh, it just they all sound the same. They all I know uh, same element, same song. Like I, I was telling my uh, my daughter because she's like you know she listens to this all this pop stuff. She's a young young girl. Um, so like for example, Despacito. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, okay. It's a, it's like the number one most viewed video music video on YouTube, I think, and everything. But when you compare it to other music in the same genre it's the same chords the same it's designed to hit the exact same feeling with people
0: Mm -hmm.
2: okay so they've been uh, this this genre which is now i think i think currently apart from like the new rap the mumble rap what is what they call it yeah um these are like the currently like what's topping the music music scene uh, internationally so they all sound the same and derivative and all of that Even I think maybe you've seen that one video where one guy's like, I'm gonna sing the 10 songs. Oh, there's so many versions of that. And and they're all in the same, they're all in the same chord structure. Right. And the same keys and all of that. So this is because this is what people want. And by the way, I didn't know this until a while back, is that even the songs are all set to the same beats per minute.
0: Mm.
2: You know what I mean? Like I don't set that. I'm like, this is the beat. I just come in there, oh, this is the beat. I don't know what it is. It could be 121, could be 126, 130. I don't have a preset, but these guys have a preset. Oh, this is the one that hits the the most pleasure in human. There's people, not just marketing guys, but there's psychologists (coughs) psychologists in here. And they're like, we study what people react to. We study their habits, we study their behavior. But this is why we why another thing I'm I'm not into conspiracies but I do know that we've been we're we're being watched by all our devices we're being we everything we do is, is stored somewhere in a server and people are using that information to make other things not just music but other products cuz oh everyone have you noticed that all cars look kind of the same these days like they all have the same huge grill and they all have this cuz that's they're just catering to what sells the most uh, Ali,
0: allow me to be the devil's advocate here. Sure, sure. Okay? So I'm going to like defend the conspiracy theory. Sure. Okay? Yes. I'm going to like be like, oh, why would you be against it? Like, we know what triggers the happiness and the, the joy of the listener. And we know what people know, want. Like, why would you, Ali, like, be against that? You know, if I'm a musician, I want to learn. I would want people to uh, recognize me. I would just go and display according to that speed and codes and what triggers happiness or joy or familiarity to to people, you know? So what would you be against that?
2: I'm, okay, I have a lot of my own political uh, philosophy. But what we lack in this world is in a lot of individuality. And I'm a very big proponent of individuality. I'm, I'm a big believer that we are, we are being controlled, not just by governments, but even mega corporations. And again, that might sound very, you know, I don't know what you want to call that term, (laughs) but we we've become as a, we've become a lot like zombies these days with to a point that we all think the same, we all act the same We They want us to act the same. They want us to be programmed. In a certain way and deviated in a certain way because it makes them more money. Um, and again, I might I might be like I don't know what that word specifically that term is, but I, I really believe that as individuals and our with our freedoms, we should we have the freedom to decide for our own. And if you wanna be like that guy who just follows the trends, all for you. I'm not gonna be against you. But when it comes to me, I I believe that I have my own way of thinking and I would like to break a certain mold, even if it doesn't crack the mainstream, because at the end of the day, I don't want to be I would, as much as I would like to have a lot of money and like perform in Madison Square Garden and Wembley Stadium and all that. But my understanding is as long as you have your own individuality, this is what people remember you for. And I, I have this, I hope if like... One day I just pop dead tomorrow that people, oh, that guy who plays the blues. Instead of, oh yeah, that guy used to play music. Generically. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, again, this is not about leaving a legacy because it's not like I'm a king or anything and I have things to pass down. But um, I've worked hard to reach this point and I don't intend on stopping. But I like to not follow what people tell me to listen to. Or this is what's popular now. This is what you should be doing. If you want to be successful, you have to do this. Otherwise, we're not going to give you the space. Well, I'm just trying to fight this force, which is not easy, but still trying.
1: So Ali, do you think that you're able to look at life or look at the way that you are pursuing music this way because you are not using it as a main way to make money? Do you think that because your livelihood does not depend on that, that you're able to do whatever you would like in, in regards to individuality? But somebody who wants to make music their livelihood, would they, do you think they would be able to do something like that? Or do you think that's impossible?
2: Um, my uh, situation has a lot to do with the specific style of music that I chose. I'm not going to deny that. At the same time, it has a lot of, you know, a lot of personal and personal factors involved. Um, That, for example, impedes my potential movement, for example, to go to the States where opportunities are much bigger, especially for my music. Mm -hmm. But um, given a certain... There's a lot of luck involved. I'm not going to deny it. There's a lot of people who have the talent, but they also had that luck, that push of luck. Um,
1: Right place at the right time kind of thing.
2: Exactly. Because, again, not being bitter, but there's a lot of people I know personally that... I I'm not going to say I should be in their place, but I've done my dues and I've worked the hardness, but but as hard as uh, I should have within the limited constraints I have, but they've made it much farther and I feel I could be there as well, but no bitterness. It's everyone has this opportunity. Like I always tell people, every dog has his day. So one day I'm going to be that dog who has that chance to, to go somewhere. And, um, I just don't give up. And if, um, I wanted to be a full-time blues musician. Probably that's not the right move to be done in this region. We have to also put that in mind. We live in a, in a, in a, in a region where, until now, mu- Western music is not always considered mm-hmm. favorable. Especially, like, even countries in like Lebanon, you'd be surprised. Like, for example, Sepultura was just banned from going to Lebanon.
0: Mm-hmm. Really? Did that happen? Just they go- now. They're going to Dubai.
2: Yeah, in Lebanon, they've been banned to be oh. there. Why? Because they play devil's music. They're satanic. Okay. Uh, so
1: Are they a metal band?
2: They are like,
0: yeah, like, they like yeah, they are, yeah. Okay. Um, but they're fun.
2: <laughs> this, this exactly, <laughs> yeah. this is this way, this exactly happened in Lebanon about 10 years or 20 years ago when I was there. Another band was banned because they're like, oh, there's, 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 uh, remember that whole yeah. wave everyone thought that we had these like satanic cults living among us and like causing chaos no it's because people they want to throw their the blame on something they cannot they can easily throw it at so when you see someone like whatever robbing a store oh yeah because he's a satanic worshiper that's why because <laughs> if he didn't worship satan he wouldn't do that you know what i mean so it's just scapegoating and you have countries like egypt and jordan and of course kuwait and other countries, they banned Mashrou' Leila from going.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um, why? Because they are pro-LGBTQ. And even the main singer, Hamid Sinu, he's openly and proudly uh, gay. So we live in a society where a lot of issues are being pushed away or not. you're not being allowed to be creative and you're not allowed to share your experiences because of a lot of these social issues. And I've been criticized for singing songs about poverty, about like murder, about, but we all know that blues comes from a certain place in life. And, um, or like talking about voodoo spells and witchcraft and things like this is all, this is all imagery, but it's these kind of things impede your creativity. So you always want to be, Oh, play it safe. What's the safest way to play stuff that doesn't offend nobody and doesn't uh, make anyone think outside the box i'm not not talking about creatively but just like oh it's about something that i haven't usually heard from in a song
1: or like something that's not um considered
2: socially acceptable
1: acceptable or something that doesn't make people technically happy and I say happy in quotation marks like to to be put face to face with the fact that there are poor people out there for example or people who have been murdered or there's something going on in a specific place is just like it's too upsetting um I think you're definitely on the on the spot there that people don't want to see that or don't want to hear about that
0: I am sure that you're really consistent when it comes to blues, that even your album is called Gonna Die With The Blues. And I I listened to it back when you released it back in 2018, and I loved it. It's it's, It's different than anything else that anyone can listen to here in the region. It was fun. You kept it. Too bluesy, if I may say, <laughs> and it was amazing. Um, but I'm curious: Do you have any other projects? Do you have any plans? Any upcoming plans for? The- um,
2: hopefully, um, I'm planning for the next uh, project to be completely independent. Um, I just like to be in control of what's going on um, and at my own pace. The last album, um, I what I've what I did basically is I did it the old-fashioned way which is was we got everyone in the studio and recorded everything in one take. So my entire album was recorded in two days. Wow. Um, Now, before you say, wow, (laughs) um, the thing is the blues does not need that much time because we come in. uh, What I do is I just come up with the lyrics. I write them all down and I say, okay, guys, we're going to do a 12 bar blues in this key. And in, in the medium or slow or fast, hit it. And then we improvise the whole way through. And then I just lay my vocals on top and that's it. So even when I recorded the album the first time, like the last time when it happened, I'm like, okay, that's it. We're done. Um uh, you're ready for release. So cause we're we're used to again is what we've been programmed to 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 assume is that you need like a year or six months just like every day in this you tracking and doing And we need, like, no, this is not a rock album, this is not a symphony, this is not a, like, no, this is a purely improvised, low-down, raw style of music, which does not need all these kind of intricacies. So you might hear some mistakes on the album, but we kept them, like, we're taking it, take one, whatever happens, happens. The reasoning is behind this twofold. One, to keep the nature of the improvisation pure, because... When you start repeating the song over and over, then like, oh, no, no, no. Take two, take three, take four, take five. Then you start repeating yourself and you're not really in, you now you just want to get it over with. You're not really like enjoying the music. Now you're doing, oh, this is a job and I need to record this part because I still have two more to do and I need to finish it. So the mindset is we come in, we do this part and we're out because that's where your creative peak is. Because again, when we do all these mon- when you keep do repeating mundane routine tasks on a daily basis, you start to lose your mind a bit and you start like, for example, remember when you were a kid and the teacher would tell you repeat this like 20 times, write the sentence 20 times. Yeah. By the fourth time you're like starting to scribble somewhere else and like trying to do like all the eyes in one line and then like, and then like the next line all the way down because you just want to get it over with. You didn't learn your lesson, right? So we want to keep it pure. And what I've done is um, for this EP is to continue this tradition uh, blues musicians, they, they steal from each other so a lot of the songs you would hear back in the day are all derivatives of some other song they're all improved or changed upon but the core themes are still there so I'm going to continue this as well um, inspired by traditional style blues and I'm going to hopefully uh, work on it during the summer break and hopefully when the season gets back uh, you're going to hear some more traditional, old school, same old, same old stuff. But this is the stuff that I want to do. This is what I want to express. And um, no one else is doing it. So someone else, someone's got to do it. You know what I mean? That's beautiful. That's beautiful, (laughs) Ali.
1: Um, Ali, I have to ask you this question. Have you heard the one song by uh, Little Nas X, uh,
2: Old Town Road? Believe it or not, I have.
1: (laughs) What do you think of it? (laughs)
2: Um, I only heard it in passing because everyone was talking about it. It was like trending on Twitter and everyone was like talking like I don't know what's the whole I gotta see what's going on. Right, yeah. There I have was to the be drama.
1: The drama of the fact that Billboard took him off of like the top hundred country or something like that.
2: Now, um this is something here's the thing. I don't know the background of the of the song or what the the production or release, but what I understand is that this is a African American rapper singing over a country-styled song, and there's Billy Ray Cyrus on it. Am I, is that true? Yes. (laughs) Okay, because I only heard like 20 seconds and 30 seconds. I just got, oh, that's what it's about. Okay, I got the point. (laughs) I got the gist of it. Now, we have been in blues. This has happened many times, is that this is appropriation, is cultural appropriation. But my perspective is, is that we've got a lot of white blues uh, musicians, like Eric Clapton, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and the list goes on. Fleetwood Mac in the original days, and um, Walter Trout, and all these guys. Um, so they have got a lot. They've brought a lot to the table. And if Buddy Guy, the probably the last remaining legend of the blues, who's still alive until today, um, if he said, "I don't care if you're black or white, the blues is for everybody," so you can perform, it can sing there's... Because you see, music transcends culture. You just have to respect the origin. Like, you know, I think this happened when, uh, I think it was uh, Snow, when he did like his whole, you know, informer, like he's, in the song he says people think I'm Jamaican, but he's not. He's a white guy from Canada, okay? But he's well known as being a, a, a reggae artist and he's, Played in Jamaica and they, 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 whenever he goes there, they, they accept him with open arms because he's added and added to the genre and he's made it better. He's not claiming to be, Oh, I am, I, I feel the history cause I was a slave or I was an African. I feel the struggle. No, but he's carrying the legacy of this and using what we've learned. And so that future generations learn, well, we have to understand a couple of things. Blues was about, Originally, the African-American slaves being mistreated back in the South. But in the between the 30s and 40s, they all a lot of these uh, African-Americans, they all moved up north where slavery was uh, and uh, was was not there. There was no plantations. They wanted a better life. And they took their music, which originally started by field, like field hollering, you know, when people are working in the fields and like gospel and things like that and transformed into blues music and they moved it up north to chicago and the big cities detroit and it spurred over there and that's where it blew up and that's where jazz came from and blah 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 and then you know uh, elvis presley took it and he did his thing it was all it's all blues led zeppelin took it black sabbath was originally a blues band so it all started from one specific place so this is how music evolves we um so does it doesn't mean like if you're from a different race that you cannot perform this kind of music. It it's just I think I don't know again, I don't know much of the background on that issue. But I think it's a lot to do with the race. Again, in America, race is a huge issue. Right. Um and then like they want to put group people in certain oh, you're you can't do that, you have to be there. Mm-hmm. And no, um, you can't do that, you have to be there. But that's that's unfortunate. Uh, even if I'm don't I'm not a big fan of the music or the song itself, but I think that's wrong. Um it, it sounds like country music, it feels like country music. It is a Picture, country. It's a
1: country song. song. Yeah. I'm with you there. All right. Thank you so much, Ali. We really appreciated you having here. B- thank being you so here. much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you for having me. It was great fun and I hope to see you guys soon and the best of luck with your podcast. Thank so you much. so much. Thank, thank you. you.